0: You are now tuned into the Lunch Break break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Lunch Break podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. And today, I'm super excited about my guest. Connor McDonald is joining me on the show today. And Connor is a sales executive with years of experience. He's worked at some of the companies that you are going to instantly recognize when he talks about his experience. And um, he's done some really creative things as far as utilizing an omni-channel approach as a sales professional. And when we connected on LinkedIn and had a conversation before we recorded this podcast, I know it's going to be a good one. So I'll shut up. Connor, thanks for joining me on the show, man.
1: Of course. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to this for, I think we scheduled this probably like uh, maybe three weeks ago. So I've been, been looking forward to it ever since. So yeah, pleasure to be here and thanks for having me.
0: I love it, man. I love it. So let's <clears throat> dive right into it the same way that we do on every show. Um, how did you get started in sales, man?
1: Yeah. So that's actually a, that, that's actually a funny story and a, and a story that it's probably a little bit different from you know most of the people that you know you have on the show here but um, you know I graduated with a degree in you know marketing and sports management so I mean really nothing to do with sales I know that you know a lot of college grads you know these days go to school specifically for sales they want to get in sales they know it you know ever since they're you know this high <laughs> but for me you know I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I had no idea what the, the job market was like back in 2015 when I graduated. So, um, you know, I personally thought that I was going to be, you know, some marketing assistant somewhere just in a cubicle, you know, just typing away on my computer and clocking in at nine, leaving at five and, and calling it a day. Um, and I took a I took an extensive internship at HubSpot through a program called Coru. And, um, you know, they, they put me in this, this internship at HubSpot for 45 days, uh, worked there as a, uh, a social media intern and just seeing HubSpot's culture, you know, seeing the, the beanbag chairs and the Nerf guns and, you know, the, um, uh, the kegs that they had and, and, you know, just, you know, beer on tap, everything.
0: Yeah, that helps.
1: It was, it, it really just opened my eyes up and, you know, I said, wow, companies like this actually exist. You know, I wonder what other companies in the, in the tech space and the SaaS space are, are doing this. And there are a lot. I mean, every, every company nowadays has their own, you know, unique and special culture. So uh, I started applying for jobs after that program. Um, I applied for the, the SDR position at, at HubSpot. But um, during my last year of they're like, hey, you know, by the way, you speak Spanish. You, you need to be bilingual for this opportunity. I'm like, like, well, okay. All right, that's it. See you later. Um, so I started applying for, I, I mean, I just went on Indeed or, you know, monster.com and I just typed in sales job in, in Boston because uh, that's where I knew what I wanted to be. Um, just, you know, in that in that hub. And, you know, I was seeing all these different acronyms like SDR, BDR, MDR, OVC, and um, I, I didn't know what any of these acronyms meant, but it was like entry level. All, all that stuck out was entry level, you know, right out of college. So I'm just blindly applying to, you know, all of these places. And, and I'm sure if, uh, if, if Breiko is watching, you know, this right now, I'm sure they're, they're not going to want to hear this answer. But I mean, I, I didn't even know, you know, what the SDR, BDR function was, you know, when I was interviewing. I, I mean, I had no idea. So, um, you know, I was just true to myself and, and genuine and, you know, I had my resume and, um, you know, luckily the, I mean, the, the first job that I applied to, which was Bryco, they gave me the position and, um, you know, during my time, I started as an OBC. So an online video consultant, which was basically, uh, an inbound SDR. So, you know, people that were downloading white papers, uh, people that were registering for trials or, you know, signing up on our website, um, you know, I would just give him a call, shoot him an email and, uh, you know, set him up with a meeting with one of my account executives and, um, you know, they saw how good, you know, I, I, was in that particular role. So they transitioned me to team lead for outbound and, uh, you know, started my outbound journey. And that's really where I would say my sales career started as an outbound sales rep. Um, and you know, what what was interesting was we didn't have these technologies like you know like Salesloft or Outreach when I first started as an outbound rep. Uh, but I think we were using Yesware, uh, which at the time it, it I mean I haven't looked at it since, but at the time it only integrated you know with either Outlook or Gmail, and it was just basically you know drop drop some templates in, but it wasn't a sequence or a cadence that you're used to if you use Outreach or Salesloft, and. Um, Interestingly enough, one of my account executives that I worked, you know, hand in hand with, because each rep was paired with with two account executives on your team. So I had the like New England, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, New York territory. So pretty good territory for tech. I mean, I was very fortunate, you know, not to get just like the the center of the country, the Midwest. Um, And one of my account executives, uh, James, he was pitched by someone over at outreach an SDR or a BDR at outreach. And he took that info, brought it back to our team, said, listen, you know, we need to use this technology. We we need to use outreach. And um, you know, it took about a month, you know, to finally happen, but they, un- they, you know, unveiled it to the team and um, you know, no one knew how to use it really. I mean, we, we had a dedicated account manager who, you know, watched us through, Um, but you know, once we were, you know, fully ready to go, it was just kind of a free for all. I mean, people were making their own sequences and templates and, you know, basically not utilizing the platform, you know, to the best of its ability, but you know, I just somehow got in this, this groove of knowing what to do and knowing, you know, based on certain responses that I got from previous emails Uh, Based on, you know, certain open rates and times and sending out emails and looking at blog posts and articles, I took all this information together, consolidated it into one basically foolproof method that I could use. Um, And and as an outbound, you know, SDR, at least during my last year at Brightcove, so, you know, all of of 2017, um, you know, I was obtaining 300% of my quarterly quota every single quarter for the entire year. Um, I mean, this is something that made me, you know, $125,000, you know, my last year at at Bryco and that was, you know, only me being there for, for two and a half years. Um, and the, the best part is, and and a lot of people, you know, may push back on this. Um, I never picked up the phone, never never made a cold call, um, because the method and and the things that I were doing on these email campaigns and on these email sequences, we're simply working. I, I know that if I sent out 500 emails in a day, at least five of them were getting it back to me and say, yes, I want to take a meeting. Um, and that was just me utilizing, you know, all the knowledge that I've learned over the last year and a half, compiling it together and, you know, using outreach to, you know, advance my sales career. So, um, I was applying for the account executive role, at least over at Bright Cove, Um, and, you know unfortunately, it just wasn't a match at the time. there was no you know spots available, nothing was open um, and you know that led me to just look for another opportunity so I said, okay well I'm li- I've been literally using outreach for the last year. I absolutely love this platform. Um, why don't I try to go work for outreach? Um, hey, why not right exactly the the ramping time and, and the training time would be very minimal um, and you know so I had basically you know, cold, prospected outreach. And, you know, one of my, uh, the, the direct manager that I worked with, at least down in Tampa, you know, I, I called her up, uh, sent her an email, I actually sent her a video. And I um, was like, hey, I, I love this tool. You know, I've made this much money this year. You know, I've, I've set 97 meetings in a quarter as opposed to the 30 that we were supposed to do. Um, you know, three times or three X'd, you know, the, the average rate at which everyone else was, was performing. Um, I'd love to come work for outreach, you know, even if it means restarting my sales career, even, even if it means restarting as an SDR um, you know, I can see where the company's going. I can see how, you know, large the company has grown over the past year. I mean, they, they doubled their size in a year. Um, And to me, that was just, uh, that, that's the team that I need to be at to be successful in my sales career. So uh, join the team. And, uh, you know, it was, it was funny because during my training session out in Seattle, um, I forget who it was, but you know, we were going through the product and, and, uh, he got stuck on the product and he's like, oh man, I, I, I forget how to, how to do this function. And, you know, I raised my hand, I'm like, oh, you gotta, you know, go to the, go to the corner, you know, hit that drop down, press this. And he's like, oh, you've been, you've been using the software. Huh? I was like, yep. For the last, you know, two and a half years I've been, I've been using outreach. Um, and yeah. So when I when I started there, it was a very different setting, um, heavily focused on cold calls, which you know I didn't pick up the phone. <laughs>
0: once. Yeah, yeah. Because of because of outreach, you hadn't picked up the phone, and now you're at outreach, and they're telling you to pick up the phone. <laughs> so,
1: I, I think that was a really good thing for them to do, and instill in you know any salesperson you know at the company, especially as a BDR, SDR, or MDR um is to get on that phone you know i I always hear and it kind of goes against what i previously said but i always hear you know like either cold calling is dead cold calling isn't dead but and it's really not um 80 to around 90 percent of every single meeting set at outreach you know not only for myself but any other rep in the company was on a 30 second to two minute cold call um and i think that just goes to show the power of you know, outreach is management team and leadership team where, you know, they have a method that works. And if you follow the method, you will be successful. Um, and, you know, I, I was, I mean, myself, my team, you know, everyone in Seattle and, and Pennsylvania and Tampa, I mean, everyone was successful at their job. Um, and I was approaching, you know, my, the end of my career, at least at our region, and I hadn't really realized it yet. Um, but through using video, I started to prospect into, you know, other, other big accounts that I was going after. Uh, and one of those accounts happened to be Siemens. And, um, you know, I, I looked on their LinkedIn, you know, at at the time it was only 20 or so people, maybe a little bit less. And I said, okay, well, I I could, you know, reach out to the VP of sales, but I mean, I'll just reach out to the CEO. I mean, why not? You know, um, I'll make a video, you know, I'll send that video out. I'll personalize it. You know, I'll talk about his experience and, um, you know, hopefully I'll get a meeting out of this. And so recorded that video, it's like, you know, 45 seconds, a minute long. Um, actually maybe it was a little bit longer cause I, I definitely was, you know, pretty, pretty personalized on that video, but sent it out, uh, put them in a sequence and, um, around five minutes later, I got a call from Brandon. I got a call from Brandon, Born-Anson, the CEO of seamless. And he was like, wow, I, I've never seen this type of, you know, prospecting before. I mean, you lay it out a video, you know, there was hardly any text in your email. You know, it was like, Hey, Brandon, check out this email below. Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm free next week. And, and that was it for text. And the rest was up to him to watch that video. And, uh, you know, so I'm on the phone with them and he basically said, you know, I'm looking at your LinkedIn right now you know, I see that you're an SDR. I see you were previously an SDR. Um, how would you like to come work for me? And I'll make you the next account executive here. I'll get you into a closing role. Um, and so, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I walked into the other room with my phone cause I, I can't be openly, you know, talking about opportunities. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I was like, okay, well, you know, are, are you pretty much guaranteeing me you know, this job. And he said, well, you know, we, we definitely like you to apply, you know, formally apply, you know, send me a resume. We'll, we'll have you speak with the hiring manager. We'll have you speak with the VP of sales. Um, and you know, based on, you know, what they think, you know, we'll, we'll get back to you and we'll say yes or no. So I said, okay, great. You know, that's fine. Um, you know, told, told a couple of colleagues that I worked with you know, they're close buddies of mine at our I was like, oh guys, like check this out. Like I might be in AE soon. And everyone's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty jealous just because I think that's the goal for 95% of SDRs is, you know, yeah. get into that closing role. I mean, I, I certainly know SDRs that are at outreach that don't want to stray away from that position. I mean, if you're making 150 to $200,000 as an SDR, um, you know, you're, you're pretty much in a, in a good position there. Um, so they, they didn't want to expand their career, um, which is, you know, totally fine. You know, I, from day one, I've wanted to be in that closing role. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, applied and, um, basically, you know, when I got on the phone, uh, for, you know, one of my last interviews, um, I didn't get the job. I did not get the job. And, um, they said, okay, well, you know, we think it's a little bit, you know, premature, as of right now, um, you know, you have some closing experience, but you know, not, not too much. I, I did close, um, you know, some very, very small starter deals, at least over at Brightcove during my time there. And um, Mike, the, the VP of revenue basically said, you know, listen, the next time we get on the phone, if you close me, you know, this, this job is yours. So I got off the phone with him, sent him an email. I mean, it was a, it was a massively long email was pretty much laying out why I'm a closer, you know, how, how I am, you know, a closer in today's, um, you know, in my role in, you know, previous roles, you know, just in my day to day, you know, for my own, you know, personal life. And I sent that email off two minutes later, got a phone call. He said, you're hired. And, um, you know, I basically gave, you know, my, my two weeks outreach and then, you know, started full time um, up at seamless where um, within, a four-month time frame. Um, I had closed one hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of net new business, um, and you know, I it's just been it's just been great, you know, ever yeah. since. So
0: no. that,
1: that's been my career progression. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's typical because I still have buddies of mine that I've graduated with who have been at the same company, you know, for the last four years, and um, you know, props to them. But it's uh, you know. When, when I see an opportunity that that's available, uh, especially working at, at the companies that I have, then, um, it's just, it's a no brainer to, to just jump on it right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you have to, if you're coming out of college and you have this kind of discovery that you like something like sales, there is to me, in my opinion, a very small number of people that are going to find the right vehicle for themselves the first time they go out into the market. I I, I just think that it's very hard to... Because there there are lots of things that need to be in place to, to be able to feel like you're not doing yourself a disservice by staying somewhere too long as a salesperson, in my opinion, because in my career, I'm very similar. I've seen, I've, you know, gotten promotions and then left to go do something different and then got, you know, I'm, uh, I haven't stayed at the same job. And just like you, I have people that I know that have and have worked at the same place for six or seven years. But to me, it's all about having enough self-awareness to kind of know like yeah, this is a good place for me to be, and I got lucky, or wow, I you know this is what I want to do next, and this is how I'm going to get there yeah uh so you know, when it comes to kind of your journey, one thing that kind of stands out to me is that you've you've been creative in the way that you've approached getting these jobs, so and it's almost like the way that you've approached your prospecting right it's like this multi-channel type approach it's using places like indeed and monster whatever like that i mean obviously those are the easy kind of low-hanging fruit and then once you got some experience prospecting and kind of realized that you can just literally transfer those skills over to (laughs) finding a new job i mean i think that's that's like it seems obvious, but I don't think a lot of salespeople p- realize that
1: well I think you know something to to note is that you know when you're when you're prospecting you know in your in your current role or whether you're prospecting to get a new job, it's the exact same you you need to create an opportunity for yourself and that's either creating an opportunity where you know the other person is saying, yes, I want to learn more about your company, or yes, I want to learn more about yourself, and it's it's the exact same thing. So, if it's if you're,
0: generating interest, right?
1: Yeah, and especially if, if you can demonstrate to the person on the other end, especially if you're applying for a job. Let's just say, for example, you're an SDR, but you know you're not ready to to make the jump to an account executive role. Uh, if you're applying for another SDR job, and you go to that manager or that VP or that SDR manager, wh- whatever the, the title might be, and you get them to agree to have a meeting with you, you've literally just proven the fact that you can do that role, <laughs> most likely at their company as well. So if you can get that initial meeting with, with an SDR manager or, or a VP of sales, uh, when you jump on the phone with that person, say, that's exactly what I'm going to do if you allow me to work for your company and your organization. You know, I, I, I sparked your interest. You know, that's how we're on the phone. I reached out to you. You didn't reach out to me. Um, you know, that's what I'm going to do working for whatever company it might yeah. be. So yeah, yeah. Having, having that approach in, in looking for new jobs or opportunities is the exact same as here's your account list. You've got 200 accounts, go prospect and go book meetings. It's, it's the exact same thing.
0: Yeah, and I think your mindset uh, about... Of chasing opportunity, I think, is something that is very important because I I feel like, and not all the time, but you know, it's sometimes looked down upon when you have tried a bunch of different things or stayed at a place like a year and a half and then tried something new. But to me, it's how are you going to figure out what you're really good at? And to your point, like the situations you've been in. It's not like you've left because you just wanted to, like you wanted to do something and you wanted to grow and it just wasn't the right time for that particular vehicle that you were in, AKA that company. And so you needed to go look for another one, you know, Grant Cardone, that was one of the things that he preaches. Right. And one of the first things that I heard from him where I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. I need to make sure that I'm not, because if you're, if you're a good salesperson and you're at a company that's not allowing you to grow, giving you enough opportunity, enabling you with the right tools, you know, all of these things, you're, you're stunting your own growth and sales is hard enough without being, you know, kind of held back. And so uh, for you, the, the desire to, to get into a closing role, I think, like you said, 95% of SDRs and BDRs have that same desire. Having been so kind of astronomically successful at being an SDR and then immediately being able to get into this closing role and have that kind of, again, astronomical success within that first four months, man. I mean, what, what, Is the is it just a mindset thing that you just kind of you're going to come in and you're going to figure this thing out quickly and then repeat it and scale it or I mean what the hell are you doing Connor
1: Yeah so so I think for me I mean it 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 depends I mean it it doesn't necessarily depend on whether you're an SDR or whether you're an AE or an account manager or you know frankly even a a VP of sales or a VP of revenue I mean you know I, I I'm pretty much self taught. Um, but I do rely on, you know, other individuals to, to help me out. I mean, when, when I have a question, you know, I don't just, I don't just sit back and try to figure it out on my own. If I, if I know that, you know, I'm going to save time by going to somebody else and, and asking them a question, then, you know, you bet I'm going to jump up and, and ask them that question. So I think it's, it's literally just, you know, it's not being afraid to, you know, one, just kind of think outside the box and, you know, try do your own research. I mean, yeah, the amount of times, I mean, if you look through my, my search history, you know, you'll, you'll see HubSpot's blog posts, you know, every, you know, 20 or so, um, you know, <laughs> links, yeah. whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, because HubSpot, I mean, puts out just free content. I mean, they're putting out content that is helping, you know, whether you're an SDR, an MDR, a BDR, a VP of sales, a, a CEO for, for that matter, um, and so I'll utilize their blog posts and articles very, very frequently. But then, you know, I'll connect with people on LinkedIn, like, you know, yourself or like Trish Bertuzzi or, you know, any of these, these leaders in the space. And I look at what they're doing. I'll look at what they're doing correctly. And I'll look at what they're doing that I don't necessarily agree with and, and learn how to tweak it. So for me, when I was put into the account executive role, um, it, it's kind of funny because my my anxiety levels almost went down because for me, I was always an SDR and, and cold calling people and, and basically pissing people off. And, you know, I don't know you. You don't know my product. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then when I was in the account executive role, I was speaking with people that genuinely wanted to learn about my product. So the conversations went easy. And, I mean, I feel like I can, you know, spark up a conversation with anyone you know I'm, I'm not afraid to to go out and just you know whether it's talk to somebody at the bar or talk to somebody on the you know street corner or whatever um and so for me making conversation is very easy and you know 30 to 40 percent of my demos you know they weren't talking about my product i was talking about that that thing that i found on linkedin that you know oh you went to this school you know I I went there too or oh you know um, you know you you put up you know photos from you know this conference you know Rainmaker or you know Unleash or um, you know play and um, that's what I would have a conversation about them with you know not necessarily the software I mean of course we'd we'd do the demo um, and you know we'd go through the pitch and everything but you know at the end of that conversation, it felt like every time I jumped off the phone, I would have known that person for, for years. And I think that's really what made me successful as um, an account executive was just being, you know, very personable to that other individual. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd make sure that, you know, in my notes, I would jot down exactly what we talked about. I um, mean, you, know, you know, luckily, it was using zoom, it would record, you know, everything we talked about as well. So I'd easily reference it. Uh, but you know, when I was following up, I'd say, you know, Hey, how was, you know, how was this conference? How was that? Um, you know, how, you know, when you spoke to your boss, you know, what did he or she say? Um, so I think it's really just being, you know, confident in yourself. Yeah. Uh, what did you get into, you know, a new role, whether it is your first role as an SDR, I think that is a very big thing that, that people have to focus on the, the, the very shy and timid and you know kind of reserved salespeople I mean unfortunately like it you know being outgoing isn't necessarily a skill you can teach and if you don't have that skill you may not be successful and and the more successful people aren't the people that know everything it's just mm-hmm. the people that have super high energy and can come in and just start a conversation and make you feel comfortable um, and you know, I think that's that's the the thing that I've taught myself over the years that you know have landed you know where I where I am today. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I think it's an interesting thing to think about because uh, when I listen to that, it's almost like you went from being an SDR in SaaS, which is very transactional. You know, it's the thirty second to two minute calls back to back to back to back rapid fire type of environment. And then you get into an account executive role and And to me, it sounds like you just took advantage and were grateful f- for the position of like being on the other side of it. Yeah. And instead of, and I think this is what happens a lot in, especially in the SaaS industry is when an SDR moves into that AE role, they're still in a transactional mindset. It's like, you know, let me just get through this demo. Boom, boom, boom. I, I mean, I've been on these demos and it's like, I'd rather talk to the SDR that reached out to me the first time because he was more personable than this guy is. Cause it's, you know, you can tell they're reading down a list of questions to, to, you know, so tell me about this. So tell me about this. So what technology, you know, and it's like, uh, they think that they're, <clears throat> making it all about me by asking me all these questions about, but th- really it's just questions to inform whether or not I'm a good prospect for them. And I, and I know that. And so it's a huge, like, like turnoff and, and um, it feels very transactional. And, and so I think that's no wonder, right? Because your, your approach was sure we can walk through the demo, right? And the demo is not going to take long, so let's build some sort of rapport here and I'm going to enjoy this opportunity that I get to talk to somebody who doesn't want to just hang up on my face. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, who doesn't uh, uh, enjoy conversations like that <laughs> more than a cold call. So I think, I think that that is a, it's, it's an important thing to identify because yeah, you, you, as more and more SDRs start transferring into these AE roles, you got to, you know, use that opportunity to 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 really get to know your prospects and, and your eventual clients. And, yeah. um, and
1: that's the thing. I mean, you know, jumping on these calls, like, yes, I had, you know, some notes from my SDRs, you know, previously, which were great. But then, you know, before we call, I, I jump on LinkedIn for 10 minutes. You know, I'd see if they had a Twitter, you know, um, at least through through using seamless, you know, you're able to see, you know, possibly if that person's you know Facebook profile is linked up. So, you know, I, I'd get as much information as I possibly could to just make it, you know, really, you know, personal and, and personal bull to that person. Um, where it was funny because my as, as my time as an SDR, you know, I would always be working with pretty much account executives, you know, one on one. I'd have like I'd be paired up with someone and um you know we they they jump off the call. sometimes i'd sit in on calls and um you know they'd be like oh man like that that guy just like offered me a job like he he said i was a really good salesperson and um you know i would think oh that's that's kind of interesting like how how that happens um you know no one's no one is, has has really i mean actually that's not true i, I was offered one SDR position uh, during my time as an SDR pitching um you know a, a BDR manager trying to get a meeting yeah and um so it's funny because my during my time at, at Seamless, um, you know, I had I had received probably close to 10 people saying, hey, listen, this is this is the best demo that I've ever received. And to me, I'm thinking, I, I I'm not really doing much outside of what I was previously taught. So, you know, Mike and Brandon, they say, hey, you know, this is what you gotta do. So I did that, but then I kind of adopted my own style where, you know, like I said, I mean, for 30% of the time, you know, we'd be, we'd be talking about somebody's dog or we'd be talking (laughs) about, you know, how they just moved to New York and, you know, I was born in New York and, you know, I, I, or if they were in the military, you know, I mentioned my father was in the military as well. And
0: um,
1: so, you know, it's, it's not acting like a robot. It's not saying, or right, here, here are these discovery questions. This is our platform. This is our price. Do you want to buy like, that's, it, that's not going to make you successful, especially as an account executive. It's really just, I mean, it's, it, if you, if you and that other person can laugh on that <laughs> demo, I mean, you're, you're doing a good job. Um, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize that today. They say, oh man, I've got, you know, I've got a quota of a hundred thousand dollars. Like I got to get through 17 demos in a day. Like you just got to, you know, bang them out and see what sticks. Um, and that's not what you should be doing as, as an account executive, seeing what sticks pretty much like, you know, blasting, you know, through your demos and then just quickly going through, uh, is not how you're going to be successful. It's, you know, taking the time to really connect with that person and find out, you know, how you could help them. And if you realized early on, I mean, I've, I've had quite a few demos where I've said, Hey, listen, you know, we can't help. I, I don't want to waste your time you know, I want to give you back the 20 minutes out of your day. Um, you know, here are some recommendations of, you know, what I would suggest that you look into, but we can't help with what you're doing. Um, and that's happened, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to waste their time. And at the end of that call, you know, follow up six, seven, eight, ten 10 more times, annoy them, You know, even though I knew that our product wouldn't be good, just to make a couple extra bucks at the end of the day, uh, and have that person be dissatisfied, you know, with the service. I mean, that that's the worst thing that you can do is is sell a product or a service to someone. It doesn't matter what industry, it doesn't matter, you know, what you're selling, knowing the fact that it's either not going to help them out or that you're just trying to make a quick buck at the end of the day because it's 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 not how you're going to establish a good name for your company as well.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and you're completely right. And, and full transparency here. I remember when I, I first got into sales, I sold cell phones and there were definitely a more than a handful of times where I sold, you know, a phone to somebody who just really didn't need it. And in the beginning of my career, I thought that made me a better salesperson. And then I had to deal with the headache of the person coming in every week because I sold them the wrong thing and didn't listen to them enough and didn't solve a problem. I created more problems than I solved. And I had to learn that lesson the hard way. And it's such a valuable one because I think it was the guys over at the the sales developers. I'm sure... Rex and Ryan aren't the first ones to say this, but kind of their motto is like, if a salesperson can't solve a problem, they should identify that as quickly as possible and get out of that person's way so they can go find a solution to their problem. And that's going to save everybody time. You're not going to have these... um, inflated pipelines with deals that aren't real, and screwed up forecasts, and it just solves all of those problems. And, and really, I think, as I've listened to your story, and kind of the way that you look at things and, and approach this thing we call sales, the thing that I love the most is that really, it's just you operating with like lots of self awareness and common sense throughout all of your interactions really dude. And, and the longer I've been in sales, the more that I realize, like if, if I just follow my common sense of what feels right to do instead of like looking at the sales process flowchart and asking for a, a proposal on the third call, when in my mind, I know that we need another call just to kind of get to know each other, chop it up before I do that. You know what I mean? And being able to use common sense. I mean, God, it's just like, been this kind of revelation and, and i love that i can see kind of that's really how you've just operated through your entire career man i love it
1: and, well i i think that's a that's a good transition into you know a, a few other you know topics that, that we can certainly talk about you know one being kind of the the video piece um yeah so I, and i think i think that that you know common sense that is something that it, i mean it's it's funny it's either you have it or you don't yeah. It's, it's an unfortunate, you know, trait when people don't have that because, and, uh, you know, you, I mean, we, we follow each other on LinkedIn and you've probably seen some of my, at least in LinkedIn posts about, um, I mean this, uh, I, I'm just pulling it up right here. It's about, uh, like sales leaders, like publicly shaming people yes. on LinkedIn, you know, taking their, their profile or their text message, including their phone number, their, their name, their company, and then just blasting them you know, when, when these sales leaders have, you know, 30,000 plus followers on, on LinkedIn and got, you know, around 4,000 followers and yeah, it's, it's not (laughs) close to 30, but you know, I'm getting, you know, 35,000 views on this post and, you know, a lot of really positive feedback on, you know, totally agree with you. Um, and the, the, that, that common sense piece is that these sales leaders need to, to have common sense, you know, not to do this, but then also yeah, <laughs> these SDRs also need to have common sense as to know like what is working and what isn't working. And so I personally believe, and, and this is, you know, what, what really helped me achieve, you know, 300% of my quota, you know, for an entire year at, at Brightcove specifically was, um, you know, when, when my manager at the end of the day would, would say from, from three to five, everyone is going to be calling. You know, I said, I, I mean, it, 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 sounds kind of wild, but I said, I said, no, I was like, why, why am I Listen, Like I have 60 more meetings than any other person on the team so far. Why are you going to halt what I'm good at and make me do something that's going to take away from me booking more meetings. And so for an SDR, if they're in a position where, you know, management is saying, this is what you have to do and, and do it this way, then, then yes, do it that way until it either works how they say it's going to work or it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, you know, if they say you've got to make 100 cold calls a day and email 50 people a day, and I guarantee at the end of the week, you'll have five meetings. If you do that at the end of the week, you have one meeting, you propose something new. You propose a new idea, a new solution, and implement it, and then see if that works. You don't you don't push back and say no, and just say no. I'm not going to do that because that's a really good way to get fired. But <laughs> you want to to test out what they say works. If it does, stick with it because if it does, that's just the, that's going to make you money. You know they're right. But if it doesn't, if you have a better style of doing something, then I believe that 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 person, knowing that their job could be potentially on the line. Should be able to to implement their own solution, and um,
0: that's what you, know, you did with the video.
1: What I did with the video, it's what I did with you know not making these cold calls, um, and so when when I was at Brightcove, um, you know, so we're, we were an online video platform, and one of our biggest competitors was Vidyard, also an online video platform, um, and Vidyard created a tool for salespeople. To use in pretty much their, their prospecting efforts. And, you know, you, you can record a video on the screen, you could record the screen, do a, you know, a split share yourself, the screen or whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, because vid- you can't physically embed video into an email, you know, you, you can't embed it and have somebody click on it and, you know, just play. It's either a file or a, a thumbnail to, a landing page, you know, with the play button, you click it, brings you to a landing page. So when I was working at Brightcove, we found out that Vidyard had released this product. And even though they were a competitor, you know, everyone was like, oh, don't, don't touch that software. Don't use it. We know it's free. Don't use it. It's like, well, why why would I not use that? Like that that's a new method of prospecting that really no one is doing or no one has done before. Um, I mean, this was... Either late 2015 or early 2016. Um, and so I downloaded the Chrome extension, I tried it out, and my meetings shot through the roof. I would go to someone's profile, you know, I bring up, you know, their LinkedIn and say, hey, you know, I, I saw you were at this company. I saw you've had experience in this. You know, I saw you've been endorsed 90,000 times for this on LinkedIn. Um, you know, here's what I'm offering. You know, let, let's have a meeting. And it worked. It just it just worked. You know, my cold calling was not working for me. It just it may have been my tone of voice, it may have been that I was a little bit too nervous. But sitting down, talking to a blank screen, you know, and and giving my pitch simply worked. Um, Where, you know, I I know I shared this, this tactic with you. um, And I'll, I'll keep it under wraps. But you know, I do have a, a method that I've shown a lot of people, you know, Trish Bertuzzi in, in particular, and, and uh, you know, everyone on the team, at least over at seamless, they, they all know this trick um, for it, I mean, it, it's video personalization at scale. It's sending out, you know, 500 to a thousand personalized videos in a, in a day. Um, actually, frankly, in, in less than an hour, I mean, you, you can do this in less than an hour and get a massive amount of responses. Um, and, you know, like, like we previously discussed, it, it's something that, you know, I'll kind of keep on the down low for right now. And, you know, if anyone wants to learn more about it, you know, they're, they're more than, than happy to to speak with me directly, you know, shoot me a, re, a request on LinkedIn, shoot me a message, give me a phone call, a text message. Um, you know, I'll disclose how I did it. Um, but you know, two of these sales leaders that I have explained this process to, um, they think that the, um, the first thing that they always say is why didn't I think of this? It's so, <laughs> so easy to do. Why didn't I think of this and implement this on my team? Um, but you know, at least from, from a video perspective, it, I mean, it just works. I mean, wh- when I was at Breakove, there was a stat that was floating around that said, you know, by, by 2021, you know, 90% of content consumed online is, is going to be video. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you open up your phone and you you're scrolling through Instagram. Every other one's a video. You yeah, open man. up Snapchat, your, your stories are, are all videos. I mean, that, that's where I get 90% of my news is from a Snapchat discovery video feed, whether it's yep. N or, you know, the, the weather channel or, or whatever. Um, it, it's all video content. You know, no one is taking the time to read these massive blog articles or blog posts anymore when you can consume that content in 90 seconds on a video. And I think that for prospecting efforts, at least from an SDR or an AE perspective, something that I don't think a lot of account executives are doing on their follow-up is sending a video. Like, hey, you know, it was great talking to you, blah, blah, blah. We spoke four days ago. Um, You know, have you given any more thought to, um, you know, signing up with seamless or breakover or outreach or sales loft or, you know, whatever the company might be. um, And and no one's doing it. If you think outside of the box and you try to implement, you know, something new, I mean, it's going to stick because people aren't used to that. I mean, now I guarantee if if you send a handwritten letter to someone, you're probably going to get a meeting because no one is doing it. No one's doing it.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it's all about pattern interrupt. It's all about breaking through the noise and especially now because every company in every industry has BDRs now and 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 people that are just flooding emails and calls and LinkedIn messages and every way that you can think of. And any time that you can differentiate yourself and stand out in an email, I mean, you're, you're only doing yourself a favor. And what I love just to kind of go back to, to this method that, that you have for for video at scale, I think really, the reason that I love it so much is because, for me, when I thought about video, the value was in the personalization of it, and there was always like a hesitancy for me to take the time to make a video for and I know that sounds um, maybe a little bit lazy or not personal enough or i don 't care you know i don 't care enough to do enough research it 's not that it 's that Truthfully, I, there's a lot of ground to cover, and yes. and um, I realize that at the same time that ground is very noisy. And so I think your your way of approaching video at scale uh, kind of solves those things, right? It it kind of allows you to 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 play the law of averages while utilizing something that is a differentiator, and exactly. so. Um, yeah, I would encourage anybody listening to to reach out to Connor, man. And, and it's something super simple. And, and uh, yeah, you're you're definitely gonna kind of smack your forehead and say why why didn't I realize this before? Um, and and again, I think it goes back to your self awareness and and being self aware enough to say, hey, like cold calling isn't working for me. I'm going to do this video thing to stand out and it is working for me. And then, and then moving on and, and being in a position uh, where you've gotten so good at using a tool, but the company that you're working for wants you to use it less and make cold calls, but you were self-aware enough to say, okay, like part of it, I think sometimes too, is that if you can see it's working for other people, Yes. then you're much more inclined to say, okay, let me jump on this bandwagon here and kind of do this method, right? And and uh, because I can see that it's successful, that's not always the case. Yep. So a lot of the time there's processes in place and this is how they've always done it. But if you look around, everybody's like miserable and barely hitting quota. So you better start figuring out something new and different. And And I, I love that you've had... The wherewithal to to kind of know when to pull that out, when to kind of pull it back, right, and and kind of follow suit, and because it's not about doing what you want all the time; it's just doing a what you think is going to work. Common sense.
1: (laughs) And and that's you know, and it's funny because I mean, you know, rarely do you see you know a a VP of sales, you know, at an established tech company that's less than thirty years old. And and, I mean, that's, that's just the truth. You know, you look at, you look at these VPs of sales and and they've all been a VP of sales or director of sales for the last 30 years of their, of their life. And, you know, what, what my, I always am am thinking about this and and talking to other SDRs and, and, you know, uh, past colleagues of mine that I worked with, um, is that it's, it's funny when, you know, a VP of sales or, or some type of sales leader, you know, says that, this is the way it has to be done. You know, no one's going against this way, but you know, when was the last time that person was an SDR? When, when was the last person, last time that person was on the front lines of sending out these emails, making these cold calls, um, getting the, the email responses. I think that is, is a big thing that people need to focus on is, you know, if, if you're at, a, at an organization that says it's, it's our way or the highway, right. And you're getting 80% of your email responses as this was a templated email. I know this was being sent to other, you know, you know, people named James or Connor or Chris or whoever, like, take me off your list. You know, those VPs and those directors don't necessarily see that every day. Yeah. And, for them to say yeah this is the way it's always been done this is the way it has to to work you know you've got to make your 100 cold calls and and the whole if you make 100 cold calls then chances are you'll connect with 10 people and if you connect with 10 people then you know one out of those 10 is going to be meeting like that's just one that's just an incorrect stat that's
0: just
1: (laughs) that's just not true i don't don't want to hear anyone say that oh if you make 100 cold calls you'll get one person because that's just it's not going to happen um i mean there are different variables that that yeah there's
0: it's never apples to apples, right? Yeah. I mean, it's never a good comparison when you start throwing around stats like that. And, and again, if it makes sense, deploy it. If... You have been able to figure out that the phone works really well for this type of person. Make a list of people that pick up the phone and call those people. If you you know have a good solid email messaging, and and you get some responses from that, use it on those people. I mean, just there, it's to me the most frustrating thing has always been like the arbitrary rules that are in place that that seem to hinder a salesperson rather than help them make them successful. And then, you know, and then, you know, you're putting people on like performance improvement plans after six months because nobody, they're following what you told them to do, but what you've told them to do isn't the best way to approach it, given their particular situation and their, their territory and the AE they work with and all of those different variables, like you said, and, man. And,
1: and that's the thing. I, it's really, it's, it's taking a look at someone's strengths and their weaknesses because you know, you, you could, you could have, I mean, uh, I like to use kind of this example, but like the, you know, you've got two people that, you know, went to Harvard, let's just say, right. And you got two people that went to community college and they, they, all four of these people are at the same job. And, um, you know, one for one person from Harvard succeeding, one person from the community college is succeeding. And, and you take a look at those and you're like, well, what are they doing? They're, they're doing completely different things. You know, and if, if one person is cold calling and they're finding success with a certain script, then yes, that, that might work. But if another person is utilizing personalized video and that's working well for them, then great. If another person is, is writing handwritten letters every single day or writing emails on LinkedIn, which personally, I don't think that's, that's ever really going to be a successful method. Just, (laughs) it just doesn't happen. Um, you know, that, that might work well for them as well. So yeah. You know, for sales organizations to, to come in with, you know, a, a hiring group of, of five people, of 10 people and are like, great, like your first day on the job, you guys are all making a hundred cold calls and you're all doing this. I don't think that's how the future of, you know, sales success is going to go. I think that if you work with someone one-on-one, right, and you figure out that, man, like this kid is stellar at emails, but he is awful on the phone. Then why would you put that person on the phone, or at least right away, right? Like, deploy what works
0: better. That's gonna get them some wins. That's gonna build that confidence up, so then they can get on the phone and exactly. you know feel better about it. I, yeah, and and look, I mean, um, a, a, as we're talking about this, I mean, this is this is gold for sales leaders out there because these are thoughts of people who've been in these individual contributor roles and seen the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it and have been successful when they've been allowed to do it this way. And, and uh, so just all super valuable stuff, man. And, and as I uh, look at the clock here, I know we've got to wrap up the old show, but um, you know, I think, just, just at a high level, man. You you've covered so many great things about kind of how a, how a salesperson can navigate their own career, the the th- mindset that you need to have to stand out and and see that success that kind of only comes from standing out and and um just really appreciate you coming on and and as we. Wrap up here, man. I have to ask you the same question that I ask everybody that, that comes on the Lunch Break podcast, man. What is your favorite place to eat lunch, Connor?
1: Favorite place to eat lunch? Okay. So, <clears throat> um, what well, it could be lunch, it could be dinner, I mean, anything besides breakfast. Uh, I mean, currently I'm in uh, Avon, Connecticut, uh, but I'm going to be moving down to, to Tampa, Florida, you know, very shortly, uh, actually within the next two weeks. Um, and so, favorite place to eat lunch is this this chinese restaurant in uh west Hartford, connecticut called black bamboo mm. uh, they've been in the, the you know Harvard magazines like you know top chinese restaurant in connecticut for like the past eight years and i always get the exact same thing uh chicken and broccoli white rice brown sauce it's uh it's fantastic and i'm definitely gonna miss it when i head down to florida but you know i'll be i'll be coming back literally just for for the chicken and broccoli <laughs>
0: I love it, man. Yeah, that that uh, anytime you can find something like that, there's no reason to switch it up on the menu choice. I'm the same way, man. Once I find something, I'm just sticking with it. No reason to mess with it. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks again. So so much for for coming on the show, Connor. And uh, with that, I'm gonna wrap up the lunch break podcast. Speak to you guys soon.